0: Going to go ahead, kick us off, do a quick introduction of myself, of the purpose of Get Launched conversation, and then we're going to have a conversation all about you, your story, your journey, and your business. And I'm so excited for the people to have the opportunity to learn more about you. So, for my folks who are joining us, my name is Dr. Erica Jordan Thomas. Super excited to be able to have the conversation tonight because I'm super passionate. About educators being positioned to expand their impact and to build their wealth. My journey includes being a former high school math teacher. If you are a math Ooh. educator, represent in the chat because you are my people. I'm also a former middle school principal. So if you taught middle school or have worked with the middle school babies, represent because you know it takes a special soul to work with middle school, okay? It takes a special soul. And I was a seventh grade assistant principal for two years. It takes a special soul <laughs> to work with seventh grade, okay? And here's an interesting fun fact. I So I taught high school for my principal residency. I was in a K-8 and then I was a middle school principal. And so I've had a little like dabble of every grade level. I feel like seventh grade, and freshmen need the most love, okay? Amen to that. They need the most love. <laughs> my favorite might be sixth grade and like seniors. Okay. Okay. And kindergarten, you know, like I can't sit on the carpet <laughs> like, and I get uncomfortable sitting on the carpet. But anyway, we we digress. And so <laughs> I went back to school full time to get my doctorate at Harvard Graduate School of Education. And yeah. at prom, graduating last year, last May, I went full time at my business. So I launched my personal (laughs) consulting business in October of 2017. I had no idea what I was doing (laughs) when I started. I was like just figuring things out. And it led to the most beautiful, beautiful journey that I could not have pictured for myself. I paid off my credit card debt within eight months. I built three months of savings that actually allowed me to go back to school full time because. I cannot say for sure that I financially would have been able to make that move of leaving my job as a principal. I built my business while while working full-time, so started when I was a principal and then going back to school full-time. So the, the three out of the four, almost five years in my business, I was either in school or working full-time, so it can be done. And since that journey, I went from making $33,000 my first year as a principal I made 70, 75000 or excuse me, $33,000 my first year as a teacher. Ooh, I made $70,000, $75,000 as a principal. Last year, my business made $523,000. And so, just naming that, so much of my conversations and beliefs come from the fact that I know it's possible because I've seen it in my own personal journey as an educator. So, I'm really passionate about educators being able to, to have the option to have exposure to the possibilities of financial freedom. And my belief <clears throat> is that you can, you can pack your lunch and, and make your coffee at home to try to get to multiple six figures, or you can start an education consulting business using your existing gifts or talents and expedite that wealth building process. So what that means is that led me to actually my second business, Get Launched Consulting, which I launched in March of 2020. Since that time, we have had seven cohorts of educators. Roughly 200 educators have gone through our program. And Candy is one of those phenomenal dope educators who's gone through our program. And I'm so excited for you all to, to hear her story tonight. So we're going to dive all into her journey. <laughs> and so, show Candy, some love in the chat or hit the hearts. And before we jump in and I'm going to have Tandy introduce herself, let's just set a quick little norm. Come on, cycle six is our new record. Yes! Cycle six is <laughs> our <are> new <laughs> So, so here's, here's our norm, right? We're going we to treat this like this is a poetry slam, right? Oh. So if someone says something that hits your spirit, you know, at like the poetry slam, like like snap, instead of snapping, we're going to hit the heart, okay? So if somebody says something that hits your spirit, hit the heart on the live, so that way we know that's like your version of a like, mm, or like an amen, or like, yes. And So that's the rule for tonight. You all welcome Candy, and whether it's through the hearts or through the chat, and Candy, go ahead and... Give us your education movie trailer. So give us a a high level like overview of how you started in education, the stops you made along the way and then where you currently are. Oh, man, I am going to go a little unconventional
1: and start with like elementary school. (laughs) Okay, because this is part of what what drives me pretty much every day. So I'm I'm from the Congo. I came here when I was eight years old. English being like my fifth language. I'm on
0: fifth language.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so I was one of the students that, you know, you could dismiss because I didn't speak English my first year, on my first year. I was a Yale student. And I had a rough year. And then fourth grade I had a teacher that was amazing, Miss Morgan. I wish I could find her. Like she was amazing. And she pushed me and didn't treat me like a student who couldn't understand. And so by the time I was in fourth grade, I was scoring like advanced in math, in English. So I was tracked advanced. Mm-hmm. And that changed my whole education trajectory. Like middle school, I tested for Duke TIP because I scored in a ninety eighth percentile. Come on, Duke TIP. Okay. And um, like high school, I was an honor student, AP, you name it, I was doing it. So I was the student that could have potentially failed and I graduated with honors and then going to college. It just came with a lot of like, you know, my parents, being immigrants didn't understand the system, but they knew like you can go to school and you're going to do it without debt. That. that was all I knew. How know it happen? They knew I was going to get scholarships. They told me I could get scholarships. We did not know what that looked like, but I did. So fast forward to college, I did get into um, like pretty much all the schools that I applied to. But I had like academics and athletic scholarships because I was also like a track runner, all American. So covered school.
0: Candy, oh, us talk about this Renaissance woman? How you this role that she played? Come on, Renaissance woman. <laughs> so it was it was amazing.
1: I, I ran and and did track, but then I got injured and couldn't couldn't run anymore. So it was academic scholarships. It was my parents paying for stuff. It was. Working, like it was just a mixture of everything. But I graduated from NT State, no debt for undergrad. So that was
0: great. Wow. Okay. All right. And from, from, from NC State.
1: State. Yeah. NC State. Made a few sacrifices, made a few training and all that, but it was great. And then right after uh, NT State, I joined Teach for America and moved to Mississippi.
0: Girl, <laughs> I not know this? I mean, I knew the teacher part, but I didn't realize it was in Mississippi. Okay, continue.
1: Yes, ma'am. So, and everybody thought I was crazy because my.
0: Hold on, what part of Mississippi?
1: I was in, we started out in, in good Lord, in Cleveland, because that's where the uh, yeah. Institute was. But I taught in Holly Springs. So I lived in the hills, not the Deborah.
0: Uh, girl, you know, my family's from Lexington. We <laughs> had, had this conversation, yeah, Lexington Chula area. So we'll we'll talk about that off right. I <laughs> I didn't even know. Okay, well, I knew, I knew you.
1: the connection. So I moved to Mississippi, but I'm a political scientist. So I I did political science into the national relation. The whole goal was to go to law school, but then I decided I wanted to go to teach for medical because my mentor talked about it, and I was just telling him about how disillusioned I was with with politics. I didn't really like where it was going. So I did TFA and got in and moved to Mississippi. I taught eighth grade. So middle school takes a special kind of crazy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> my my first year was a culture shock. Like I, I wasn't even sure if I was going to come back after the first semester. But my second year after like having Zill, like, built strong relationships with my students and started to learn what what aches and, and pains they had and what concerns they had uh, I started thinking about college prep because what I would see was my students talked about going to college but they didn't have the necessary like skill set or grades like they were just they thought you graduate from high school you go to college and that doesn't work that way so I started having these conversations with them which led me to so I doing a little more research, and a little more work. And right around the same time, you know, TFA is big with innovation. So they were doing the pitch contest, like pitch a story, an idea, or whatever that you want to do. And I went to college route. So I spent months preparing and pitched. And from there, like the fire just started. So I, I kept mm. doing this work. Uh, but it was not official. It was like on the side, talking to a few kids and working with some of the people from my church. Then I left teaching after my second year and joined staff of the MTLD. Mm -hmm. So I'm-
0: And let people know what an MTLD is in case you're familiar.
1: Right. managers, EG Leadership Development. I was a teacher coach and I had a cohort of like 28 teachers, but it was across all grades, all subjects, and like six different schools. So my commute was anywhere from 30 minutes to two and a half hours. Mm. And I did that in Arkansas. Um, I was in Mark Tree, I was in El Dorado, like all, all over Arkansas, basically. Right. And I did that for a year. And then my second year, I thought I need a little more training than I have right now. So I went back to school and I, and I went to Johns Hopkins to do my master's. So I left staff and moved back to North Carolina and did the master's program online because my parents lived in North Carolina. And I thought, I could move to the I could move to Maryland and, and do this and go into debt to go to grad school, or I could move home. Mm. And I moved home. And as a TFA alum, I still kept my grants because I didn't have any loans and undergrads. So the money was kind of sitting there. And then John Hopkins had this special program where TFA alums had a discounted rate. So I used those grants and then I paid out of pocket. So pay out of pocket, I took my teacher salary because I went back in the classroom to do grad school. I took my teacher's salary and it was not enough to come right. So I started going back into the college coaching and tutoring. So I was making extra money on the side and they helped pay for school. So graduated from Johns Hopkins, no debt as well. So currently I have no student loan. Mm. And when I graduated, I thought I could go to, you know, I can be a principal, I can do all these things, but it just, College prep kept calling my heart. And so mm-hmm. I started dabbling with kids in my Sunday school, Probably not Sunday school, my church, because I was also the youth um, leader. So I started working with them. And, and as we started seeing results, I thought, you know what? It's about time to do this. Well, I started in 2017, but I really didn't know what I was doing <laughs> and, and just kept going around. And it was working, but I didn't have like a formula. And then I remember you and I talked around 2018, I think. And that's when you, right before you started Get Launch Consulting, we weren't able to like continue because life happened. But when I saw you come back up, I'm like, I need to go back. That. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how I joined Get Launch Consulting and made a lot of changes to my business. It used to be like LLC. And then when I finished record, I changed it to Baked Consulting. And now I'm... Actually, transitioned to full-time in May. Uh, After the school year is over, I'm just going to go into full-time consulting. So much happened in the background. Okay. I don't really love movies, but there it is.
0: (laughs) This is so good. Because I'm like, we need to talk about that. We need to talk about that. And we need to talk about that, too. Okay. Forgive me as my head (laughs) is like firing off on like all these ideas and questions right now. So the first thing that I just want to name before we kind of dive a little deeper into your journey. Well, actually, before we, before we do that, name for folks the problem that you're solving in your business. I think some folks might make some assumptions right now, but just so that way they're super clear. What's the problem that you're solving in your business and who do you serve?
1: Yeah. So I solve the problem of college readiness and debt. So like it's uh, avoiding debt and getting to college being prepared. So we have a lot of, I primarily serve black and brown kids because that's where I see the biggest gap. That's where my students, that's why I love serving as well as that's what inspired this whole thing. So, but I work with kids to get them ready for college. Uh, starting as early as ninth grade, but I work with them and do the college prep as far as let's get you into a major that, that like fits your personality and your strengths. Let's get you in a school that has that major while not getting caught up in student loans. Cause there are so many ways to get money and to pay for school. And you can start as early as fifth grade. I mean five years old, so first grade, really, to to start getting money for school. And so I do all of that. Just different ways depending on um, the client.
0: So this is what I think is so fascinating is, you know, the fact that you you work with students in order to prepare them from college prep, a college access standpoint, securing scholarships and financial aid to be able to, you know, be on a path of, of going to school debt-free. Yeah. I think that's so fascinating. And then given your own story of undergrad and uh, your graduate experience was debt-free. Yeah. And so what I think, what I, I just wanted to pinpoint here for folks who are listening is and Candy isn't just starting in her business, but for people who are early on in their business and they're like, well, I, I haven't had any clients yet. What do I do for testimonials? Because you need to have some type of, of social proof in your business. And social proof is essentially some type of evidence that what you do works. So that way you're building trust with your audience. If you haven't had a client in your business yet, one way to, to still provide a testimony or, or social proof is yourself, is your you are the testimony. And yeah. so, for example, in Candice's business, if she had had a single client, which she has, but if she hasn't had a single client, she still has a testimony to share because of her own experience of going through undergrad as well as at the graduate level and leaving debt free. And so I just want to share that for people because I think that comes up um, frequently, of like, well, how how do I get testimonials if I haven't had clients? You can be mm-hmm. the testimonial. And then you said you go on full time, we we don't help, we not loop back around to that. Y'all don't make. Don't let me forget. <laughs> I'm so excited! I start going in different directions. Don't let me forget. We're gonna loop back around to that transition to full time because i want to be really clear and get launch consulting. Our marketing message isn't we help you leave your job. <laughs> our 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 program promise though is that we are going to track you replacing your full-time income because we believe that that's a powerful financial position to be in when you are no longer financially dependent on an entity or organization or employer. From a mindset standpoint, from a liberation standpoint, that they're, they're, you're positioned differently when you, you are you can become the source of your own income. So we're going to talk about that here in a minute because that's a huge, huge piece that a lot of people process through. And just to, to clarify for the folks, because Erica asked, like, wait, you're full-time now? <laughs> Candy said she's still going full-time in May. So she got a little runway, but, but that's their plan. Yeah. So Candy, talk to us about, like, when was the moment when you were like, I want to start my business? Like what was what was that moment?
1: It was after graduating from grad school and trying to apply for jobs, but nothing felt like a good fit. Like I knew I could make money, but it wasn't giving me joy. So I just knew I could do something different, and what what I was looking for did not exist when I was looking around because what I was looking for, there really wasn't a model for it that that like I'd see. And I looked around and I would see like a lot of like college prep, but what they're talking about is test prep or they're talking about, oh, we'll help you get scholarships. All the scholarships in the world is great, but if you can't actually get into the school or if you get in and you flunk out, that, that doesn't really solve your problem. So I wanted that hybrid of like, yes, it can be debt free, but you also have to be ready. There's so much more to being ready for college than, than schools ever talk about, than parents understand. Mm-hmm. So that that's when I was like, why don't you just create it? Because one of my favorite quotes is Gandhi, uh, be the change that you seek to see in the world. Mm-hmm. And there it was. So I started
0: that. Mm. Did you have like, so the way you say it, it sounds like it was like effortless. Like you had no hesitation. That- and so like, was there hesitation? Were you scared? Like, yeah. I'm still scared
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it, it's a
0: scary process,
1: but like do it scared. That's just that's what I was like, I didn't have to quit my job. So I, I was really in a good place where I was still teaching. My ideal clients would be in school anyways during the daytime. So I could still do, like have the company and start and do it slowly. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't saying I'm going to quit my job and never do anything else and just do this for time because how am I going to pay for, you know, my bills and take care of myself? So I kept teaching and just took one. Like the first client, the first per- client I had, we actually met at a hair salon and and her mom was listening to me and she was like, I want you to tutor my child because I taught math and anybody like needs help with math. So it started out with tutoring. Then I told her, well, I'm actually going to stop tutoring and I'm going to transition to college practice. And she jumped on. Signed mm-hmm. a $3,500 contract without ever seeing a testimonial a nothing. <laughs> and there we went. So let's we start. And that was all it took.
0: Me. Okay. Let's sit in this for a second. Because you, you you also just put out a little number that I need people to process for a second. Uh, you said she signed a $3,500 contract, right? Yeah. So I, I say that for people to be able to. Process it do a, a little bit of their own comparison or contrast, for lack of a better term, of like what is the the thirty five hundred dollars in your nine to five? What does that mean? Like, what meaning does that have? How you know, for me as a a first year teacher, or even you know, just as a teacher, period, right? If that was, and we were on the ten month salary. <laughs> and so <laughs> I had to make arrangements with my credit union. I'm like, can you hold some additional checks that I went in the number that broke? Okay. Yeah. And so for me and for teacher, that took me like six weeks. six to for $3,50 was six weeks. And then as a principal, that was about a month, right? And so I just named that as part of this this entrepreneurship journey is you are going to have to hear money different. And a few money different, right? So like just naming that like as an educator based off of our lens of of working in a whatever setting, whether you work for a nonprofit, whether you work in a school district, that when you hear thirty five hundred dollars, there's usually some type of image that comes into your head of what it takes to make that. And in your business, you have to unlearn that. you''re you're, you're gonna have to to shift. What that actually takes, because for some people, thirty five hundred dollars takes three hours in their business, right? And like, like, so you have to be open to some of that unlearning to fully be able to lean into all of that your business can can bring. So, Candy, talk to us a little bit because you've had a couple of clients. We've well, had more than a couple. You've had you, you've got clients, and so talk to them. Share just some of your strategies or lessons that you've learned in terms of securing clients, finding clients, getting contracts. Tell us a little bit about like what that process looked like. And Erica, well, first off, I want to shout out someone who was representing Meridian, Mississippi. And Erica just says, first off, I've cracked it up at how nonchalant candy is about a thirty-five dollars contract. <laughs> Listen, okay. That's, that." I want. I want us to all get that nonchalant energy. Okay. I'm trying to go in that area. That is not how it started, but yes. This that I want us all to operate with nonchalant energy when we talk about commerce. Okay. Let's normalize that. Okay. So Candy, tell us a little bit about your your strategies that you learned in terms of how you're you're gaining clients.
1: Yeah, I'm still learning, but when I started, I realized that it wasn't the strangers that were going to come and give me this money. So I used my network of friends. And it was really more luck than than strategy until like honestly I got to get long consulting and I'm like, My network is expensive, but I, it was it was friends, it was word of mouth first. And then as I started to work with different people, I started asking them, So do you know anybody else who could benefit from this? And I would give feedback after sessions like, what did you like about this? What did you not like? What should we change? And then who do you know would benefit A lot of my contracts came in that way. Occasionally, I'll get some referrals. Sometimes people see me on social media and reach out. But most of my referrals uh, have been through word of mouth and people I've worked with.
0: Mm. So I always say, you know your first client. Whenever everybody's <laughs> asking me like, well, how, how do I find my first client? I'm like, you know, likely I already know them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, just and so let's put this in perspective a little bit for the folks, Candy, of like, what were talk to us around like, like you got marketing assets today. And when I say marketing assets, I mean social media mm-hmm. and things like that, website. But when you were getting these contracts, what were you? did you feel like you had a strong social media presence? Did you have a website? Like at what point did you decide to start making some of those decisions of like, I want to start showing up on social media. I want to start, you know, building a website. Honestly,
1: last year. <laughs> so when I first started, I got a website because I was told I needed a website never really used it, but it wasn't even, I I got the website. after have to get a client because like I said, the client, my first client we met at a person on and, and we're talking. Like, her daughter was getting her hair done. I was getting my hair done, and we're talking. And um, that's not met before, no.
0: Okay.
1: But, but the the lady that was doing my hair was a friend of mine, and she used she used to getting her hair done over there. So she knew me through a friend. Oh. Yeah, she wasn't my friend. She was a friend of a friend. But because she trusted that friend, and we were just talking, she heard it.
0: Your yeah. speak, okay.
1: So social media has always, like I'm very anxious about social media. I, I do not actually love it. But recently I've challenged myself to start showing up more because I'm now trying to reach outside of just like my regular friends and network. So I really got serious about social media probably at the end of last year. Wait, yeah, yeah, it's last year, guys, 2022. So 2021 is when I really started showing up on social media semi-consistently, I would say, like, I've been doing business for longer than I. I just allowed my network to to work and then went from there. Mm.
0: So this is so helpful. And I think it's, it's, it's helping to dispel a common misconception and honestly a common misstep that I see so many education consultants make early on in their journey. So many of my clients make early on in their journey. So just like a quick point for folks who are joining us is that there are are three types of clients, okay? There is your cold audience, there's your warm audience, and there's your hot audience. And the temperature of your audience is basically how well they know you, how much trust you have established. And so the warmer or hotter your audience is... The, the more that they know you. So your hot audience would be a former co-worker, your, your good friend who you've known for years, you know, a previous boss, a previous manager. Those would be folks that would be in like your warmer hot audience and your cold audience are people who are complete strangers. Mm-hmm. Where I see people making the misstep in their their early stages of their business, is that people are putting so much effort from the beginning in their cold audience. When it's like they're not prioritizing or doing anything with their warm or hot audience, I'm like, your first one to five contracts, you can get from your warm and hot audience. Yep. Your warm and hot audience don't need a website. They don't need social media because it's your former coworker. They don't want <laughs> your website to find like your story. <laughs> like it is. It is people who already know you. My first contract came from my boss, where I was a principal. My boss was consulting. So she was the area superintendent. We had a great relationship. And I, one day after a check-in, I was like, look, this is something I'm seeking about doing. I know this is something that you, know, you, you have experience in. If you ever had an opportunity that you don't have the capacity to take on, I would love for you to consider me. She hit me up like a week or two later have my first contract. And so I just named that because that is, I I so frequently see see that as a misstep and also as a way in which we make the journey harder Mm -hmm. is that we start with prioritizing our cold audience instead of prioritizing our warm and hot audience. But here's the thing is typically when people say, well, all of my business is coming from referrals," that means that all of their business is coming from their warm and hot audience which means there is a pivot point where you're going to have to start doubling down and putting more energy into your cold audience, but you don't typically need to start there. Yeah. So I just named that just as a key point for folks who are listening, because if I hear one more person who hasn't gotten <laughs> a contract saying they're working on their website, I'm like, okay, you're <laughs> going to work on the website and, and, and you're going to wait on the money. You, you're going to wait on the money while you're working on that website. And sometimes people are working on the website to convince themselves that they're worthy of the money. The the website actually isn't for the potential clients. They need the website to to give them the juice and like the belief (laughs) that like somebody should pay them. When it's like that website in for the people, that website's for you. So that we can tell people, come my website, right? Where it's like, so I I just reflect that back to people because that's one of the most common things (laughs) that I see where I'm like, if you lost your job tomorrow, you would not be working on a website. No, <laughs> no, you would not work on a website. You would start calling your friend who works at another school and be like, girl, can you talk to your principal? <laughs> like, get on LinkedIn, start, you know, searching at the word principal, seeing no. who's already in your connections and start sending DMs, go through your phone, look at, you know, your contacts, So, I, I, I just made that. I'm seeing the comments come in because this is like the mindset shift that I need people to make. Oftentimes, and I'm about to get off the soapbox here in a minute, <laughs> oftentimes our job is what's keeping us comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to internally for your entrepreneurship journey, you have to create a sense of urgency for yourself because in order to grow your business, you need to, to kick into a flight or flight fight or flight or fight. Yep. of like, <laughs> I know I have a full-time job, but I'm going to make time for my business. Yes. I I know I have a family. I know, <laughs> but but I am going to make time. And if it's helpful that like, if I lose my job tomorrow, lining set, whatever you would do, if that were to happen, I don't wish that on anybody. But I use that as a way to help you get clear on what your fight or flight would look like. Whatever that answer would be for you, you need to do that today for your business. Okay, so I feel like I'm yelling. I'm sorry. <laughs> this real this real is real empty. I got I got a little bit of reason. It might be the reason. I don't know, but I just feel like I'm yelling. Hey. Okay. Baby, you. <laughs> so can you walk us through like your services? And so like have your have your services evolved over time? Have you did you start with something and then you were like, I actually don't like doing that anymore. Talk to us around what services you offer and how they might pivot over time.
1: Yeah, I started with just one-on-one consulting, like coaching one student at a time. And and as much as like it was exciting in the beginning, it did start to drain me um, because we had to have so many meetings. And I thought, this isn't really where I'm getting my joy. This isn't bringing me what I like. you know. And the results that we were getting or good, but to get there, I felt like we had to be pulling teeth. So shifted a few things. So my services now, I'm actually launching a new one, but services now I have one-on-one consulting is like the one that I do the least. I have small group coaching because I also realized that there's a lot to be said with small groups of people also bouncing ideas off each other and motivating each other to get work done. So when you're like by yourself and trying to figure things out. It's like, yeah, I'll get it done. But when you come in a group and everybody got their stuff together and realize, oh, I, I might not want to be the one not getting my work done and, and kind of sitting back here with no idea what to do because peer pressure,
0: it works. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so there's that. I also have a course, an online course that I am actually going to be finishing the last part this year. But I do the, the first part of like It started out three weeks and now it is moving to a little longer because it was just a practice. Like, let's get what, what, what's the, the, the feedback? Is it working? Do they like it? And we've made a few changes based on the feedback we got. So now we have what I'm launching in February. It's called Boston Build Our Senior Year. And it's for, it's just acronyms. acronyms. It's for seniors, really seniors and rising seniors. So juniors can also join. And it is working with them for 12 weeks to both like figure out where are you going? What are you doing? How are you going to do it? And let's get this application in. Let's write this essay. Let's prepare for this test. Let's get the scholarship. to so it's like it's a com- comprehensive program, but it's urgent. So mm. you're not dragging your feet and kind of trying to figure it out. It's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. At this point, you need to have this figured out. And I'm going to walk you through it step by step. Mm-hmm. So by the time students walk out, they know what they're going to do. They have applied to at least three schools. That's the minimum requirement. And they're like dying on getting scholarships, grants, fellowships, like you name it. We're going to, we're getting to the back. Mm-hmm. Is very, there is free money out there for every grade, every child. All you have to do is actually do it. Because I think a lot of times people think scholarships, they think, oh, you need to have a 5.0 GPA. You need to to be an athlete. One of my posts that's coming up, it's one of my former clients, he he got $28,000 in scholarships just like doing different things. He found this thing on, online and he was like, Twelve thousand dollars can I do it? Well, I'm going to apply. And and sure enough, he got it. Like, I mean, there is so much money out there. Some of it is, are you left-handed? What's your favorite ice cream? Do you, you know, if you have a parent that's in the military, can you sing? Uh, What do you feel about the way America is going? There are so many scholarships, but they require you to write. They require you to take the time and and actually pay through or create a video, and that's where a lot of people kind of fall off, because they don't want to do that. They just want to click the mixed scholarship, which doesn't work, by the way. Uh, Mm -hmm. They don't want to put in the work, or they don't know that it exists. There are so, like, so many scholarships. There so that's what we do. We, we do the training and we're like, there's the accountability tease. There's the bi-weekly. I'm cheating just a little bit, Erica. Uh, <laughs> I was like, dude, right. I like this. And it was, you know, it <laughs> helped me to have a partner, to have a, a group of people. So, talk is launching in February. And in the next five days, I'm actually going to be posting early birds to the people that are like, just get me in there. Get me on the wait list. I, yes, I'm going to commit course discounted for those that get in before we go live. And then there's also, I do PD. So in my living life, I am also a uh, co-founder of a startup. And, uh, yeah. with, and and that has been like moving and it's going great. So that is one of the things that I'm, I'm spending a lot of time on the side doing as well, because we built an app. And that's also probably advising through an app and you can do a subscription with that and it's called Undecided. So that's another thing I do that the people in Undecided who feel like they needed a little more support, they're funneled to me, through mechanic Consulting. So there's a, a little bit of that happening as well.
0: Come on, funnel. Come on, they're funneled to me. First off, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about right now,
1: but are you engaged? Yes, ma'am. Girl, since the, like, the
0: this year, I was like, I'm going to let it down. He's like making an appearance every now and then. I, was like, I, thought I saw a post about this, but I was like, let me tell you, okay, I can see it through the live. Okay, we're here for this. Congratulations. We celebrate you. And I was like, I was trying not to be distracted, but I was like, <laughs> Okay, come on. Yeah.
1: Come on. That's rain. how, okay. how I'm writing in the New Year. He's supposed on New Year's Eve. And it's it
0: so beautiful. in
1: charm. Your home. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. There's a couple of uh, strategies here that I just want to pull out that you made for people who are listening. Uh, one piece that you named is one of the benefits of coaching and investing in yourself and in, in your, your business. It's the meta-learning that you get. Yeah. And so one of the, and that's one of the things that I name for people as a strategy of success in Git Launch Consulting of like, yes, this is a business development program, but take ad- advantage of the meta-learning. How do I structure the program? How was your enrollment experience? What things were automated? Because if you enrolled at 11 p.m., and all of a sudden, emails, and that's an automation. So what were those automations? You know, how did we onboard you? What are some of the supports? What are some of the structures? How do we communicate? How do we build community? And so you name that. And I just wanted to also just underscore that for people, if that's the benefit of business coaching, of coaching groups, of coaching programs, <coughs> is you have the opportunity for meta-learning to be able to see how does someone else structure their offer structure, their business structure, the experience. The second thing that you named that's a really important strategy that I want to make sure that people caught is you said that your new program offer is going to start in February. And someone asked if it includes college visits also. It
1: does, but it's virtual college visits or the students do because of the pandemic. Before that, we did do physical college visits but some um, parents are not that comfortable. Say, we are doing virtual college visits. Or if you're going to go with your parents, I walk you through, like, what are some of the things that you need to be looking for? Some of the questions you need to be asking. Because, you know, colleges do a good job of selling themselves. Get in the little disco and figure out, do you see yourself on campus? Does anybody look like you? And it might be, you know, one of my other clients had to transfer schools. Because when we talked about it, he's like, yeah, I'm good. They're giving me all this money. And then George Floyd um, was killed, and he looked around. Nobody was supporting him. And he was like, I, I can't be here. And he transferred out. So, those are the things that I'm like, really think about why you're choosing a school and how you're choosing it. Yeah. So, we do college visits, but I don't go with them,
0: but I do come <laughs> them. Do those. Yes. Got it. So, then one of the strategies that you, you named that I wanted to underscore for people, you said the word early bird, <laughs> which I want to name for people that strategy. If you have any type of group coaching program or online course, you could be pre-selling, which would be an early bird strategy. So pre-selling means that you provide some type of benefit or bonus to people who enroll early and you define, you know, what that timeline is. It could be a month early, it could be two, it could be three months early. Usually more than three months is a bit much, but you provide some type of incentive. And what that does is from a client standpoint, they're excited because they they get a secure spot and you can give some bonuses of like whether it's an extra workshop or an online module or, or resource. So there's some incentive for folks, but also for you from a cash flow standpoint, uh, you can, You don't have to wait until the course starts in order to start bringing in revenue. Then an early bird strategy actually begins the cash flow of that actual offer. So that way you don't actually have to wait until the actual start date or launch date that's a couple weeks before. So I just wanted to name that for people. Okay, if you all have questions, go ahead and drop those into the chat. So that way I can make sure that we get those answered. I just have a couple more questions and then we're going to wrap. So this is like the last call before the last call for questions. Yeah. So get your questions in. Someone said they thought my Riesling was apple juice. And I was looking at myself, <laughs> I, was drinking. I was like, I wonder what people think this is. It's Riesling. It does kind of look like apple juice, So It tastes like apple juice. So, Kennedy, <laughs> so, you've said before that you've made the decision to go full-time in that. Talk to us a little bit about like what went into that decision and what Were some of the factors that led you to saying, this is something that I want to do?
1: Yeah, there were a few factors, actually. One of them was I went full time right before the pandemic, like the year, that previous year, and and things were going great. Then the pandemic happened and everything shut down. But I knew that I was not, I knew that I wasn't going to stay in the classroom long term. When I wanted to go back to just doing the work. But I thought about it this way. The amount of time and energy I put into teaching, which, by the way, I'm more and more disillusioned with the school system now. I spent all that time, and I'm not seeing the results that I know is possible for a kid. And then I got a contract that paid me uh, what I'm making a month for a day. And I call (laughs) it... I could spend a month pulling my hair or I could do what I love and get paid way more than I, I get as a teacher. And I think what I do is actually more beneficial to the kids. Because listen, even if you, we have this conversation and the first question we talk about, is like, why do you want to go to college? So if we have the conversation, it's like, I don't want to go to college. I saved you millions of dollars. I saved you a lot of debt. Right. Because you, did, you figured out this is not a good fit for me, but there is something else and I will pursue that. And I'd rather that be the case than going into school and then flunking out or dropping out. And you still got to pay that money back with right. interest. That approves day. Let's talk about that. Come on. <laughs> so, so so those things made me realize like what brings me the most joy and how I want to spend more time doing that. And then as I was thinking about that, my significant other and I started talking about how much time we spent away from each other because i am teaching and running two businesses and he's working and he works nights because he's a, a cyber security engineer and yeah. so when i'm sleeping he's working when i wake up he's going to sleep when i'm at work he's asleep when i come home he's going to work so uh, our schedules are just so insane except for a weekend and i thought but why yeah Let's remove one of the things that's like draining my time and my energy and mental health, to be honest. So, you know, teaching in a pandemic has not been fun. I've not enjoyed it mm-hmm. at all. So I thought about all those things and decided, nope, I'm going to take that leap because I know mm-hmm. I'm stuck with uh, okay. I just need the time and the energy, which I don't have because I'm tired.
0: So mm-hmm. those are some of the things. So you just said something that was really powerful. You said, because I know it's possible. How do you know it's possible? Because I think there are a lot of people who are struggling with the idea of making more money in their business because they actually don't think it's possible. How do you know it's possible? Or what was the experience you had that led you to believe it was possible?
1: Well, some of the clients that I've had who are like raving about the work we've been doing. So I have receipts.
0: I um, on, receipts. <laughs>
1: But also like listening more and more to just my colleagues that we did get launch consulting with who are like taking that lead. They're doing the work. And no one says it is not easy. It's not like, oh, clients you're just rolling by and throwing their money at your lap. Like that's not what's happening. But because one, you got to walk through, do I know what I'm doing? The answer is yes, I'm good at it. I can do it in my sleep and I love it. And because I have that driving me, there, there is no way, given all of the kids that we have in schools and all that's happening, there is no way this is not going to be something that's going to bring me what I believe is possible, what I know is possible, what I've seen is possible. Let's be honest. I've seen people do a terrible job and make money doing it. So while well, we're at it, you know, <laughs> when you have the skills, the, the thing you have to work through is the mind trash. And there's a lot of that. Because it's like, well, can I do it? Will they pay me? The answer is yes.
0: <laughs> the answer is
1: yes. Somebody will pay. I think it was like, I forget the guy's name. I think it's Ramit who was saying like, if you have a passion and you can get someone to pay you for that, there's a market for it. Mm. And I've gotten a few people to pay me for <laughs> when I do. So there's a market. It's just making sure I actually have, the systems in place and the focused energy and to really go after
0: it. Yeah. You've, you've named so many, you've indirectly named so many benefits of having a community, right? So like a community of entrepreneurs. And so like, if, if here's the other piece that like I'm indirectly trying to shift people's mindsets around. Because let me tell you, educators are my people. I love y'all. I love <laughs> us. But we have what? some of the most trash mindsets around our worth and around money that like part of my purpose in life's mission through Get Launch Consulting is helping us unearth the possibilities and helping us to be able to believe it's possible. Whether you find out it's possible Get a Launch Consulting or someone else, I just want you to know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I just, I said, just, how you get there is your choice, but like I just need, it. And it's not everybody wants to have a seven figure business, which is cool. But like, I just need you to know that it's possible so that way you then have the choice to make rather than feeling that there's no other option. Yeah. So you just indirectly named the power of a community of when you are in community with other like-minded entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. they hope reflect back to you your trash mindset and your trash beliefs of like, the, the quickest way to raise your rates is to find out that someone else, who charge more. Yeah. <laughs> That's the quickest way to raise your prices is to find out someone else is charging more, right? And you only find that out by either research, which you can find that out. And there isn't as much transparency as there should be around money and as pricing and education consulting. But when you invest in your development and you invest in community and you invest in a safe place of like-minded folks where you could have that transparent conversation around all right, here's what I'm thinking, or here's the here's the proposal, here's the service, or here's the contract. This is what I'm thinking for my rates. What would you charge? Like, do you think this is too low? Do you think I need to like increase that? And I've seen moments in our community where someone would post in our private-only Facebook group, their pricing and their response from the client. And folks are like, girl, keep moving, <laughs> keep pushing. Because <laughs> if they're giving you all that heat, <laughs> keep it moving, keep it moving. And so I just want to be able to name that because some people, one of the ways in which they're unconsciously self-sabotaging is they are relying on YouTube, on Google, on articles, on the lives, and they're figuring it out themselves without the community. And I'm not saying you won't figure it out. I'm just saying that that process is slowing your development. And because you're you're reserved and making the investment and you see the investment as an expense rather than the return on the investment, that's what's keeping you stuck because you won't invest in yourself. Okay, so we got the last couple of questions here. Candy, someone asked how your, your nine to five felt about your business. It's not a therapy but... <laughs> Pause. Let's sit there for a second. Pause. It's not a Now you've got an employee contract. You need to know what's in your employee contract. You need to know if they define conflict of interest in your your employment contract. But I'm telling you, people ain't pressed about telling their job when they ride, when they drive in for Uber. People ain't pressed about telling that their bar. job <laughs> when they working for Trader Joe's. But all of a sudden, when you write your own business, people got questions. Everybody pressed. What your job think? What they say? Y'all, that's one of the way internalized depression works. Now I wanna be clear, conflict conflict of interest is a real thing, yes. And conflict of we give more energy to conflict of interest than what, what what's actually there. But but I would love to hear your response on this question of cause you I, I cut you off, my bad. <laughs> that's cool.
1: That's cool. I I really don't care, but I have been paying attention and I've talked to my principal. He does not have a problem with it. I, I do establish a boundary. So I don't I don't recruit my students. I don't reach out to their parents because I think that would be some form of harassment or some boundary that's being crossed there. So now if I'm at a school and they find me, I am mad at it. But I'm not myself trying to recruit them. But I am always giving them pointers too because I have seniors who are homegrown, uh, even though I teach ninth graders for math. But my principal doesn't have a problem with it as long as it's not being done during the school day, which it's not because I'm teaching in the school day. And then after work, I have my clients, I have my meetings, I have whatever, and over the weekend. So there's there's not a problem.
0: Got it. And then someone asked, so we have two last questions here. I'm going to take this first one. And then Candy would love to hear your thoughts on the second one. Actually, these both these questions are really similar. One of them says, so do you, and forgive me because it's, a little bit further up in the chat, there was something on the lines of, do you begin by reaching out to individual schools? So I'll just name that. That connects a little. Well, it, it, it connects directly to the conversation I was having before around your cold, warm and hot audience. So if you miss that part of the conversation, I'm going to post this replay on my page. So that way you can go back and listen to it by reaching out to a school. If you do not know the person that would be considered your cold audience. Here's my personal belief. There are other business coaches in the education consulting space who might say something different. Here's my personal belief. I do not believe in cold calling as a strategy. And I I know a lot of that comes from my experience as a principal who would literally receive so much spam mail that I had to make a rule in my inbox of if it had the word unsubscribe to send it to my trash folder, that I have such an adverse reaction to to, to cold emailing that that is not something that I would advise other people to do. Now, some some other business coaches would say differently. My approach, though, is around there is permission-based marketing and there's interruption-based marketing. So permission-based marketing is when you are in some way, directly or indirectly, Asking permission to be able to to provide information about your service or business. And that looks like on social media, right? When someone followed you, permission-based marketing is you followed me. So you gave me permission <laughs> to share about my business because you followed me. If you don't want give me permission no more, unfollow me. list. <laughs> you join my email list. So that's an example of permission-based marketing where people are opting in. There's some type of opt-in where they basically say, I'm interested, give me more information. Interruption-based marketing is when they have not given permission if you cause an if interruption of like pop up in their DMs of like, hey, I got this thing, this <laughs> webinar coming up, you should come, right? So I I do not, I'm not a fan of interruption-based marketing and, and I'm not judging it, of it. Other people do cold emailing. However, I do not believe that it's sustainable. And your, your conversions are typically lower. It takes more energy with lower conversions. So that's why I'm an advocate for permission-based marketing. Okay. And then this last question, Candy, would love to hear your thoughts. The question is, they're struggling with what to say when reaching out to potential clients. What advice would we have?
1: So I think a lot of times you want to have the perfect wording, and that is actually very scary and and you kind of it's the end of the process to be quite honest I think you know what you're doing and you know what you're you're selling or you're pitching say that so I, I don't know what's the perfect way of saying what I do I say I help kids go to college and avoid debt and then they're like tell me more then I start to explain if it's an email I which I don't usually send emails but for The same reason, like, like Erica says, that I'm not, I don't think they're going to read it. I'm not, because I don't generally read emails unless I know who it's coming from. But if you want to get on a call or, or you're talking to someone, tell them what you do, but don't present it as a, well, I sort of kind of maybe do this thing, but be bold and confident about what you're doing. Because if you're doing it and investing time in it, you're, I'm pretty sure you're doing a great job. And I think as educators, we tend to undersell ourselves. Because everyone else thinks we're babysitters. I've been recently reading so many posts about, yeah, teachers are babysitters. I'm like, well, babysitters are leaving. So what are you going to do about your kids now? But I think we're, we're talented. We're educated. We're passionate. We're multi talented, actually. We do so many things where so many have. And so whatever you're choosing to do, you're already like really good at. It. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of making sure everybody else sees it. Well, show up as your most authentic self. And that would be the same. Thank mm-hmm.
0: I love that. And the only couple of cents I would just add to this question is it—it it, it depends on where that client falls in that cold, warm, or hot audience, right? Because your messaging for a hot client needs to be very different than your messaging for your cold audience, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're—we're talking about a trust-building process. If someone doesn't trust you yet, then starting with your offer probably doesn't make sense versus with your hot audience where it's your homegirl you used to work with. And it's like, girl, this is what I'm doing in my business. What you thinking? You know somebody, you know, is there someone that I should be talking to? That's a very different message. So I would just name that as, if that's one like differentiated factor that you want to think about. And the second thing that I would want to name is when it comes to your cold audience, you need to be providing value. Value is how you build trust. Consistent value, right? So how you determine how do you provide value? You can provide value in many different ways. And we talked about this in Get Launch Consulting. Essentially, what I'm saying is you need to have a funnel. <laughs> but, but by doing that at the top part of your funnel, and we go through this in the program, is thinking through what's the value that you're offering to your audience. That could be some type of, of a resource that could be an <laughs> online module. It could be a A Facebook group. It could be a a free discovery call, a fifteen-minute discovery call. So there's many different ways that you know you can begin to add value. That's going to result in in you building trust with your audience, and that's what what helps lead them through the client journey of actually becoming a paid client. So hopefully that helps. Um, Candy, what advice would you have for folks? And then we want to hear about what's upcoming in your business. So. Share with us any advice that you have for anyone who's on this education consulting journey. What words of wisdom would you offer up?
1: I say, do it and do it scared. It's it's a lot of work, uh, but it's also a lot of joy. I think one of my my greatest fear was, what if I fail? And I'll tell you, I've failed at quite a few things, but I'm like, you know what, that's better. You know, as well as I thought it would, or Maybe the results we were going for, eh, we didn't quite get it because this wasn't in place and this wasn't in place. And so there will be moments of failure, but what can you learn from that and how do you bounce off of that? So I think the, it's, it's, a, it's a journey because it's not always pretty. It's not always clean. It's not always clear. But if you know what you're going after and what it is that you do, you make adjustments along the way. And I, and I think you know, perfection is very much the enemy of Congress when you are first launching because you are not going to get it perfect. But get it done and then fix it along the way. I promise you. Half of the people you're dealing with don't even know it's not perfect. And if you get feedback, take that feedback and, and the buy it and it gets better because we're, we're always evolving, we're always growing. I think I've changed. I've tried different operating models and, and service models. And I've found that I like the group coaching better. And that's what I'm I'm really going towards. So do it. Get started. Don't don't worry about the website. Don't worry about the social media. Don't even worry about like having a great bank account that's like, oh my gosh, I have anything established. Start. And then figure right. that
0: along the way. Right.
1: That, that's my biggest advice.
0: Folks begin the bank account before they get the check. <laughs> I got not check. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> the bank account comes after you get the check. Because let me tell you, you can open up the bank account the same day. Go on to the branch once you get that check. But folks, we spending time on stuff like, you don't open up bank account you ain't got no check. <laughs> you ain't got no check yet. Like, stop, stop. You ain't Go got talk. no check. Go talk to your hot audience before you start opening up business bank account. Talk to your hot audience. Get the check first and then open the account. Lord <laughs> Jesus, I love y'all. And whew, I'm going to stick beside you. I'm gonna <laughs> stick beside you, okay? Candy, what's what what you want folks to know about your business? How can they get in contact with you? And anything that's coming up that folks should know about?
1: Yes, you can always find me on Instagram at Candy Bichetti, or on or my website is I will share that with Erica, and she'll post it with us. The... Okay, cool. Right now, Bossy is we're doing the early bird uh, bird special. You can actually get it on my website. So this is what I was talking about. Do it. Don't don't worry about I don't have a sales page, y'all. I don't. Okay.
0: And that's <laughs> the other thing. Well, let me tell you. I have a coach who is a million dollar, multi-million dollar business. she be selling stuff in a Google Doc. Okay. She is not building a sales page. She is selling out of a Google Doc. While I want to be like her. <laughs> with no contracts, trying to figure out sales pages and building websites, I'm like, you could put it in a Google Doc. Okay. But continue. I cut you off. Go ahead. And there you go. No, we're going to, that's the exactly it. So that's what I'm
1: posting on my website and talking to people and kind of building that knowledge around it. Because when you go on my website, there is no sales page. There's our services. If it's early bird, you click on it and buy. And then that's going to come down once, you know, that's no longer an option. Um, so dot com slash r dash services. I will put that as well. You can also find me you on know, Facebook, uh, Candy Bukhetti, the same name that's on Instagram. And that's about where I land because of this, I am asking, like, if you're on this live and you don't have kids or you don't have nephews, share with your friends who have kids who are juniors and seniors. Because to be quite honest, we need that. Like, um, especially in this pandemic, we, Need this, and honestly, y'all, I'm trying to find some kids that I want to work with. But, like, um, please share, follow, join, and let's chat. Thank you,
0: thank you, thank you for the time, for your story, for your wisdom, for the gems. Perfection prevents progress. Somebody, you might need a down t shirt. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, someone just asked, me where you're located?"
1: I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. um, But I travel, so. Come on. If you need me to come through, I present PDs and I work with small, like I I do professional developments. I do small group coaching. I do one-on-one. If you need me to come, you got five, six friends that you want me to work with, I'm there.
0: Come on. I know that's right. Well, you all show Candy some love in the chat, either through the hearts or see dropping it in the chat. First off, this is a new norm for all of the with my lives moving forward. Of like, when you want to say an amen or your spirit moves to hit the heart, because the hearts give me joy. Like when I just see it like floating on the side, I'm like, I like this. I feel like even though we're not in the same room, I feel like we're in the same room. Like I feel like there are folks here (laughs) with us. So thank you all for the time. Thank you for your engagement, Candy. Thank you. Danielle. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Fa- you. Make sure you follow Candy if you haven't already. I think you could do it from this live, but also the post that I have on my page. I tagged Candy so you can also follow her from there. So you all have a great night, great evening, and we'll be back tomorrow with another Get Launch Consulting Conversation. Yeah. All right, y'all family. Good you. night. Goodbye.
1: Yeah.